This is the Business on Top podcast with Shane Chernoff, VJ Patel, and Ben Siegel. It's like, Exhibit, what the hell are you doing? I just wanted my car fixed. Ha ha, ha ha, it's a taco. You guys want to do a DMX impression? No. No? No. You know! I found a website that has an article about this. I guess, guess what the website's called. It's on space.com. I hope you flip your bike over and knock your two front teeth out. You leave me in the trenches taking grenades, John. Get out of here, Russia. You don't get to cheat and win. They're Hydra. The Business on Top podcast. Santa's coming down for the spicy tuna roll and Natty Light at 2 a.m. We will get to my thoughts on the Supreme Court in just a second. But first, the giant has been slayed. I've introduced myself on this show by saying I can't stand the Tampa Bay Lightning. I hate the Tampa Bay Lightning. But down they go in the Stanley Cup. Finally, the beast is dead. The Colorado Avalanche, for the first time in three years, a new team has won the Stanley Cup. Let's go. We have our hockey correspondent, Stephen Rowe, former FAU hockey player, uh, high school level hockey, college hockey player in the house. Thanks for being on with us. But I wanted to ask you... Because one of the most interesting things that I saw during the celebration last night was that the Stanley Cup got dented probably about 30 seconds into... uh, It wasn't even the commissioner. Did you notice that it wasn't Gary Bettman that gave him the cup? I I heard that I think he actually has Parkinson's now that he's getting older. So that's... all right so well aside from that let me let me steer you back because one of the colorado avalanche players celebrating when he got the cup he tripped but then he kind of made a good a good save if you look it up he he basically just ended up doing like one of those breakdance moves where he just like put his hand behind his head and started posing for the photo is that the fastest that the stanley cup's ever been dented yeah, I'd have to imagine that no one's actually dropped the Stanley Cup before they got to the picture <laughs> for the, the celebratory picture. Or at least before they ended up getting hammered, right? Yeah, I mean, the thing's been dented and, and damaged throughout the years. I mean, boatloads of time. I, I'm surprised that it looks as good now with all the repairs that it's probably had to go through. Yeah. But I don't think it's ever been this quick that it got dented. But I know in the last two years, Tampa badly dented the thing. So I remember when they had to get repaired. So Colorado ends up setting the record. I, I, I mean, I'm wondering, you've had experience playing hockey, and I think, I, I would anyone argue with me if I said that the Stanley Cup is the most iconic trophy in all of sports? It's certainly the all most, of sports? It's certainly the most yeah, unique trophy. Yeah. I would say uh, isn't it like the com- biggest trophy? Oh, it's got to be. It is. It's got to yeah. be the heaviest trophy. Yeah, yeah. It is 35 pounds. Yep, I agree. No disagreements here. Tom Brady cannot throw that one during the, <laughs> on during a boat. the celebration on a boat. <laughs> Definitely not. But what I was wondering is, did you have, I mean, when you were playing hockey, whether in college or, or I mean, you still play right now, was there a trophy where you guys were carrying it around and you guys did something stupid with the trophy or something funny? Well, I can't say we did anything stupid with it, but in our adult league, we get what we call the Stanley Keg. It's pretty much just a beer keg with like the oh. little Stanley Cup topper on it. Nice. So it looks like a Stanley Cup. And we only won it twice in, like I've been with the team for like 12 years, which is a lot of seasons, probably getting close to like 30 seasons. Um, but we've been to the finals a handful of other times. And one time when we lost it, the only funny story that I have with the trophy is that we lose the, the championship and the team is supposed to have the, the cup with them for a little while. Yeah. They're not supposed to like keep it long term mm-hmm. but apparently they left it at the bar upstairs and one of our teammates was still there and he saw it 
So all we get is a text later on in the night, like in the middle of the night, him like posing with the cup. He's like, hey guys, I stole the cup, we won. Yeah, <laughs> out by the water. How you forget the cup? He, he tossed it in the ocean. But I mean, that kind of leads me to my next topic, which is of all the drunken cell, everybody gets their day with the Stanley Cup. In, yeah. case, in case you guys did not know, the Stanley Cup is very unique in that every single player on the team and gets- stuff. And the staff get their own individual day with the Stanley Cup, and it's handled by the keeper of the cup. So my question is, uh, is, does anyone really have a doubt in their mind that someone has pooped in the Stanley Cup? Yes or no? At some point, someone has pooped in the Stanley Cup. I say no. Never. Never. (laughs) Maybe maybe somebody poured some, some alcohol in it and drank from it, maybe, but... I would say... Oh, that that happens every time. That probably... That happened last night. I mean, you yeah. saw that. They eat cereal out of it, like cereal and milk. That's what I, would I would say do. the only way that there's ever been a, a turd in that cup, it would be <laughs> unintentionally because a lot of uh, players and staff will put, like, their baby in it. So I think over the years, maybe it's possible <laughs> one just, like... Uh, Indirectly, yeah. there was somebody, a poop in there. <laughs> somebody pinched a rose butt off. <laughs> I, so the, you guys were talking about a keeper of the cup. So is it just like one person? Yes, I've, I've always had, I've always had questions about this. So does the keeper of the cup like go home with the guy and like he sleeps in in like the guy's guest bed that night? They were talking about like white glo- like they wear gloves yeah, and yeah. stuff so it, to it's handle shiny, it. Yeah, you yeah. Okay. Want to get fingerprints on it? Man, I mean, I don't know. I, I well, you stood next to it when you and I went to Toronto for the first time a couple of years ago. It was pretty amazing picture. though. It was pretty cool, and uh, I bet it's pretty heavy too. I mean, yeah. trying to hold that thing up must be a, <laughs> Especially a, a, if your arm got hurt during the game. Oh, my goodness. Because I feel like Nikushka was, like, struggling a little bit yesterday. He was like, Ugh. Yeah. The downside yeah, yeah. of a 35-pound trophy, it's such a triumphant photo when you lift it over your head. But if you get banged <laughs> by a slap shot or something like that, that can be a little bit tough. In terms yeah. of how talented this team was, Nazem Kadri, uh, Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr, who ended up winning the Conn Smythe, I think the funny thing is, I don't know if you heard this, they, they asked Gabriel Landeskog, who the, you know, the Colorado Avalanche captain, what are other teams going to take from your Stanley Cup run? And he just said, find yourself a Kale McCarr. <laughs> In terms of teams that you have just seen win the Stanley Cup before, how does this one rank? Is it an all-time great team? I would say yes, especially you know before they start losing some of the guys to free agency. I mean, they tied, was it like the second best record in the playoffs going, what was it, 16 and 4? Yeah. Which, I mean, the Kings did, and a, a, a handful of teams, like three different teams did in the 90s. I think the best all time is the Oilers in the, in the 1980s, like 88 or something like that. They went 16 and 2. But you have Makar, who was one of my favorite prospects in that draft. He went fourth overall, which was like a blessing in disguise for the Avalanche because they fell back in that, that lottery, that draft. And he's already one of the best defensemen if not the best defenseman in the league not just uh, one of the most dynamic defensemen we've ever seen in the game I mean you had Eric Carlson for a long time but the way that this guy moves it's just insane and that's what I try to tell people when he was a prospect I don't care what league he was playing and he, he was playing in a lesser league mm-hmm. you watch that kid play and it was just jaw-dropping what he could pull off so you have someone like that on defense you have someone like McKinnon who's one of the fastest most intense people as your top line center Nazem Kadri is like built for the playoffs 
Landis Cogs, their captain, he's built for the playoffs. You have Eric Johnson, who's been with them for the longest time, and he's stuck through all the, the shitty years, so it was great to see him win the Stanley Cup. Uh, they just had great depth throughout the lineup. You guys have guys like Nikushkin, who kind of fizzled out in Dallas, but he has that size and that creativity that he was just fantastic for the Avalanche, and they picked up Lekkanen from Montreal, who had a big role for them last year when they made it to the finals. And... Hell, I didn't even know Darren Helm was even still in the league. I that didn't... was honestly that was incredible to me that that we found out that Darren Helm, who had been basically playing, I guess as an 18-year-old, started out in Detroit and ended up there. A historically deep team that I unfortunately did not get to see the clock run out on the Tampa Bay Lightning because <laughs> uh, I fell asleep. My alarm woke me up early, but I was I was glad to see it. But when you, <laughs> it also made me think this morning getting up being woken up by an alarm. I don't think I could ever wake up as a high schooler consistently at like 5.30 a.m. because we had to start school at 7.30. What, what time did you guys have your alarm set when you were waking up for high school? Uh, let's say like 6 a.m. Yeah, I'd probably say 6. Yeah. Oh, <clears> God. <throat> I, I had to wake up at 5.30. I didn't drive to school, so I, ha- I had to take the bus. So on the on the on those bus days, I had to get up at like 5.35. And that was I mean, just, you're, you're a good amount away from school, too. Like, you weren't like, – Oh, I was, I was a good 15 minutes away from my high school. Yeah. You, I was close. Was ben was like closer. <laughs> ben could have jumped lucky. from uh, his, his doorstep to the school, so <laughs> – I think Ben could have slipped on a banana peel and made it to like fall in at Olympic Heights. He would have landed in first period. <laughs> exactly. Very nice being but close. Do you find it easier or harder these days to wake up at, at times like that? Part of me finds it easier. Like the thing is, I hate I've always hated sleeping in, but I feel like my body in my in my old age of thirty wakes me up sooner. What do you guys say about that? I think it depends on your career right now. I think if you work a regular nine to five or even eight to four, whatever it is, uh, your body's just gonna be used to waking up at an early time. Like I'm my my mental clock is like I, my eyes open up at seven a.m. every day, so yeah. I gotta get like mentally prepared, and it's just like normal time. Did Did you me. ever have an alarm that you labeled but just never bothered to relabel? For instance, like a 6.30 alarm that says make a protein shake, but you get up at 6.30 and you never make the protein shake. Yeah. I still have a lot of alarms labeled from, like, college. Like, write write this essay or, like, submit this thing and still labeled like that to this day. Just never change it. I don't know why you why I even labeled the alarm in the first place. You, you've got to submit your, uh, your geology paper yeah. at 7 o'clock in the morning. Yep. I've... Tons of alarms. My like. paper on sedimentary rocks. Oh, all right. Hang on. <laughs> three hang hours. on. Hang on. I want. I want. I want BJ's top three rocks. Is the sediment? The sedimentary. The sedimentary make the cut. If you can name three, I'd actually be pretty impressed. Sedimentary. Oh my god, dude, I don't Well, know. igneous has got to be in that conversation. Igneous was there, and then um, there's also metamorphic. You can't and then uh, Dwayne Johnson's. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that'll be my number one. How about that? That's a quick the, the rock. rock, the actual rock. <laughs> Speaking what of a big switch, yeah, from ben, Ben's top top three or v, four. V, Ben's top four to VJ's top three. We yeah. keep you guessing at uh, at the Business on Top <laughs> podcast. Well, we've had sixty-seven episodes before this, and if you're interested in getting caught up on the things that we like to do here on the show, 
please go on to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever it is you get your podcasts, and subscribe to Business on Top. And if you like what you hear, and if you don't like what you hear, subscribe. There's a thing called hate listening. I don't care if you do it, because a listener is a listener. But if you like it, if you don't like it, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, re-rate, re-review. That is where you can find us. I've got a lot going on. I know I think one of us was was getting over a cold and it also also made me think about we're all good, right? Everybody's everybody's good, everybody's feeling we're, a-okay we're, right now. We're good. Okay. We're Gucci. We've all rallied. And so it got me kind of thinking about and and I sent this in the group chat the other day. You hadn't heard of it. See, have you ever heard of the Starbucks medicine ball? No. Okay. Has anyone aside from me heard of the Starbucks medicine ball? I have ball? not. Mm-mm. I have not. The honey citrus lemonade tea is my favorite home remedy for a sore throat. Not that I get a lot of them, but I'm I'm good for about like one or two sicknesses a year. Oh, you go there, they put uh, go it, where to Starbucks. Yes, you get the honey, you get the honey tea. They put a little lemonade in there at the like pink lemonade at the top. Oh, it's delicious. And but do you guys have any? I know you you're a big advocate of uh, the vapo rub, right? No, you, no, Alka Seltzer Plus. Alka Seltzer Plus. That's, my that's a good one. Yes. Anybody yeah. else? When you get sick, what do you do? You just sleep and drink water? <laughs> yeah. Well, I try to sleep it off because I feel like my body heals the best when I sleep. So I try, especially if it's like a week, and I just try to knock out for as long as humanly possible, and then hopefully, I start feeling a little bit better. But emergency, I take that. So. Emergency is good. Vitamin C and zinc. Oh, what about what about yeah. soup? Chicken soup? Matzo ball soup? I'm a big proponent of matzo ball soup. I'm convinced that there is some kind of thing in the sodium of matzo ball soup that will that will make you rally a little bit quicker. Uh, I don't know. I'm a big fan of matzo ball soup. I can tell you that. Some, I'm some, not even Jewish. So. It, something about the sodium. Look, it's it's fun. It's fun for all ages. I'll, I'll tell you that much. Well, I'm an honorary Jew. So. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. So <laughs> <laughs> we are going to get to a lot more on business on top today. Uh, when we come back, our yawns like Pringles. We're going to talk about Shohei Otani, and we will get to Qatar banning sex at the World Cup. Come up next. <laughs> Wait. The Business on Top podcast. Opening up the mailbag, Texter writes in, When did beer lose its dominance as the liquid for beer pong and flip cup? Are we not playing beer pong or flip cup with beer anymore? Has seltzer overtaken it in your minds? Uh, I think it depends, but yes, in my opinion, it has. So you would you would rather play flip cup with seltzers over over pongs? Well, that's just my preference because I feel like I don't get hangovers when I drink seltzers, and beer was one thing that gave me hangovers, especially in college. I, I it, you can very easily drink too much beer to get a hangover. I, I need yeah, we need Ben's opinion on this because I don't. Yeah, know. I mean I think seltzers is the way to go now. I mean I'll do beer, but. I don't know, seltzer seem like you could drink more of it and not feel like garbage. You could play more with seltzers. It feels less you, heavy. You get a little bit more. God, that's the thing about beer. It'll fill you up. I don't know, you know, people in college, our parents' generation, before they came up. I think light beer was invented in, I think, the 1970s, like the late 70s or something like that. So if you went to college in the early 70s and the 60s, God, you had to drink butt heavy. No wonder, no wonder all of our parents' generation is fat. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, because people, you just like you just acquire the taste for like Bud Heavy or like a, a beer that's not light, and 
you know, I, I think somebody said to me, it's like, oh, you're drinking water. It's Bud Light. It's like, well, shouldn't you want something that's less filling? Isn't that the whole idea? Especially if you're playing games. Like, you don't want heavy, <laughs> heavy stuff while you're playing. Yeah, I don't know what the appeal is for heavy beer. I don't see, like, it's not like it has more alcohol than light. Or if it does, it's not, like, a significant amount. Yeah, people just don't like the, the taste of light beer because, like you said, it tastes like water pretty much it's like watered down i'm heavy, okay heavy with beer. it like honestly Me too. The, yeah i'm okay with you it. you can still taste the hops in light beer as much yeah. as what people people who who love ipas and have just like this this unfettered allegiance to to ipas will tell you you can still taste light beer light beer still tastes like beer it's just not it's just not as strong yeah I, i'm okay <laughs> with it it's preferences honestly but we played uh we played a bunch of uh games by the way happy first anniversary to you in addition you. to it being mm-hmm. ben's birthday thank later thank in you. the week yeah, we happy got a lot first of anniversary going. to you there's a lot of show history that gets made in the month of june our, our great friend uh frankie's birthday was just also on our anniversary frankie get yourself on yeah frankie get yourself it was on. your birthday yesterday we're so. all turning 30 we're basically like in that zone right v- now. very happy birthday to frankie you're a legend and uh, we love you and thank you thank you for being a producer on the first episode <laughs> of the show and then never coming back <laughs> we'll get you on we got to get you on at some point please please get yourself on <laughs> but yeah but ben you're uh you're almost there yep Almost out of the twenties. Oh man! One, two more days. What are the thoughts? Are you scared? Are you excited? What's uh, I mean, what's going through your head heading into the big three zero? Nothing to be scared of. It's gonna happen, whether or not I you want like it or yeah, not. I guess so. <laughs> How do we go backwards in age? It. It's like, can we figure that out? Oh, <laughs> like, I you know I told I told somebody that I was meeting with the other day. I was like, "How old are you?" And the kid goes, oh, "I'm 27." And I was like, "Don't turn 30 if you can help it." Because I turned thirty, and four days later, my back hurt, and it's been <laughs> it's been something ever since. It went from my back to my foot. Uh, this morning, it was my hip. Man, being thirty is uh, it's an interesting adventure, and it really just goes to show. Let's listen to her favorite Instagram personality, Chris Fowler. Health <laughs> habits very very important. Chris Fowler, you'll see plenty of him at Wimbledon over the course of the next two weeks, and. Um, if you want to talk Wimbledon, feel free to slide into the app business on top pod DMs on Instagram. I will chat about Wimbledon with anybody who's willing to listen. Thirty is a new twenty, I heard. So I hope. Let's hope so. No, I. I mean, apparently that's the prime. This. I mean, you, I feel good. You've I been like, thirty for a couple months. Have you been okay? Yeah. I'm, <laughs> you feel all right? Okay. I mean, I had a couple injuries, you know, in the past, but you know, I'm over it, and uh, I feel good. I feel like you're, you're mentally like. I feel like you're more wise at this point than you ever were. And, you know, from a body, like, physical perspective, I mean, yeah. Learning more. Learning more, but always still more to learn. You're still yes, learning. Yes, you're, you're smart about how you treat your body in the 30s. And even that, right? Like, you make a mistake, you learn from it. You don't make that mistake Right, again. right. While in college, in our 20s, we didn't really care. So we just did whatever <laughs> we wanted. I think you think you're... People say it all the time. It seems like a cliche. Like you think you're you're invincible, but yeah. I think your accountability, your your ability to recognize mistakes and learn from them, I think gets gets better. And you just try to do a little bit better each time as you as you age into your thirties. That's why we're in our prime now. I would say we're more aware. I, I, I would I would say so. Um, man, going into primes, Shohei Otani was so impressive. Nice last last week. Um, was something that we had kind of talked about amongst ourselves, but 
You've got somebody who's, I believe, going into a contract year, either this year or the next year, who we've never seen this before. Somebody that back-to-back nights, first night he ends up driving in eight RBIs. Next night they, you plug him in as a starter, strikes out 13, and they only won one of those games, if you can believe it. So I guess it's a two-sided question, and the first one that I want to ask is, will we ever see somebody like that again? And number two, Connor, his, are his years being wasted just like Mike Trout's years are being wasted on the Angels? Uh, yes. Yeah, so the second, I think we all agree, yes. Uh, it's a shame, like though, right? Like they're you, in the wrong... You want to see Otani like, start a big game in October and, and see what he does. If That would probably be one of the most unique things that I've seen from Shohei Otani. If you bring him in as a starter, you take him out, and then you put his bat, bat like back into the lineup. You pull a double switch, which is something you almost never see in the AL. Yeah. I don't think you'll see any American prospects be two-way guys. It's only going to be international. Just That's just not how they're raised here. Yeah, you're that's what I was going to say. You're a hitter. Yeah, especially once you get to, like, high school. Ball. Yeah, once you get to, like, travel high school, they basically make you focus on one position, mm-hmm. one or two positions, and it's never going to be pitcher and then a fielding position. It's, it's always, like, you're either pitcher only or you're uh, a fielder. Playing ball as long as you have, did you see? Well, I mean, you probably have a, a great frame of reference for this, Ben, because even even in college, Buster Posey was a great two-way player. Yeah. But I think once you get drafted the majors, generally they draw a hard line. Mm-hmm. I think the exception was probably when it came to Shohei Otani where he said, look, I don't want to play for you if you won't let me do both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I just don't see it with, American. I mean, it's different in college. I mean, most of the guys who are two-way are closers. They're not starters if they're pitching. Yeah, yeah. It, and and so he's such an incredible exception to the rule. I mean, Babe Ruth's really the only historical comparison that we have for somebody like that. I just wish they were in, like, either Trout or Otani were in, like, a better market like New York or uh, even L.A., like the Dodgers or, you know, any other team but the Angels. We'll think, like, we'll think about this. So, uh, Shohei's going to be an expiring contract soon. And yeah. who knows? He could end up in pinstripes. He could end up with the Mets. We've got an owner that's clearly willing to spend in yeah. Steve Cohen. If they shed Aaron Judge's salary, if he goes somewhere, they can always plug in Shohei Otani as a replacement. I mean, I mean, I'm all. I'm not gonna complain about that. I can tell you that. Well, what do you think? Well, let me ask you this. It might be a difficult question, but as Yankee fans, how do you feel about if I had told you you're giving up Aaron Judge, but you're getting Shohei Otani on the back end? Will you take that? Because Aaron Judge has had, in a contract year, has had probably his best season ever as a Yankee. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. I, man. Let's still take Judge if we're choosing one or the other. I mean, it'd be a good consolation prize if we lost him, but I don't know. It's a tough question. I feel because like Otani's going to only last for so long doing that's, both. That's yeah, the interesting that thing. I think, about, I think about Otani very similar to when I think about Jake DeGrom, right? The guy's stuff is so good and he's so talented that is he stretching his body beyond the limits of what a normal human should be able to do? Yeah, for sure. I mean, how many years does he have left to, to do both? DeGrom or Otani? Otani, Otani, sorry. Yeah. O- Otani, uh, God. How old is he? In this, uh, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a good question. I'm on it. No, he's got to be in his 30s by now, I would think. I could be wrong about this. I think he's young. I'd say probably late 20s, 27, sure. 28. Because once you hit that age, like, 
You're gonna get that pain. Twenty-seven. In your arm. He's twenty-seven. So I would think yeah. you would, you at least have four or five more good years out of him. Pitching wise, you what, think what goes first? Probably the arm, right? The yeah. the bat what? speed leaves before the before the arm velocity. Yeah. Especially if you're pitching somebody as many innings as you are, somebody like him. I'm not gonna complain if if we get Otani on the Yankees, but. Should I put that on yeah. the? Should I go write that on the board? <laughs> no, please. BJ will yeah. will not complain if Yankees acquire Shohei Otani. Flash it across the bottom. Sports Center breaking news. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's a once in a lifetime player. Uh, what else can you say? He's like a ste- the Steph Curry of uh, baseball. He is. Just yeah, can it, do so many it, other things. It, like, it, we're, it, ne- we're never going to see it. I agree. It kind of reminds me of. Do you guys remember watching the Super Bowl and uh, with the Giants and Patriots the last time the Giants won the Super Bowl, and Giselle Boonchin was in the elevator saying, "My husband can't catch and throw at the same time." <laughs> oh well, Otani can. Otani can hit and pitch at the same time. So I don't know what your husband's problem is. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, man, I'm praying, man. Yeah, and I think the only thing you can do is just sit there and appreciate what you have in somebody like that because it's go- he is going to be somebody that you're telling your kids and your grandkids about in you know, years down the road. I think baseball would have more viewership if uh, Otani or even Trout were on a different team. I can tell yeah. you that. Yeah. So. He, he's, certainly, he's certainly not boring. Um, yeah. Not somebody that would, that would make you yawn. Uh, but let me let me ask you this: <laughs> yawning in a very uncomfortable, inappropriate situation. How much experience do either of you guys have doing that? <laughs> nice segue. I'm trying. I'm, I'm I'm doing my best here. I I'm, I, I was, I was going I was going to get this into today's show <laughs> if it was going to kill me because uh, I yawned in an extremely inappropriate situation recently, so and I you felt let very some sound out. About it. You let sound out when you yawn. It was. I don't think it was like that. It was. It was just a very wide, open mouth yawn, and I tried to like almost suffocate my breathing. But uh, the, the people that were there with me could tell that I was yawning, and I was not supposed to be yawning, and it was very awkward. I'm pretty self conscious when it comes to yawning. I, I feel like I always like either put my my arm above my mouth when I'm doing it, or. <sighs> Oh, God. Can we all agree that yawns are contagious, though? Yes, they are. That's a, yeah. that's a scientific fact. Yeah. Let me let me ask you this, because this was a subject of debate after it happened. Are yawns contagious to themselves? In other words, if you yawn, will your will your own yawn make you contagious and want to yawn more? Because I think they do. Because I mean, because yes. that's why I say yawns are like Pringles. Once you pop, you can't stop. <laughs> It's true. I'm just gonna keep. I will just keep on yawning in perpetuity. No, if, I, no. if I get one, it'll just be like a runaway train. I can't stop it. Yeah, at least it's never just one. It's always at least two. Yeah. So I could. Yeah, I agree with that. We, um, <laughs> with that. Going back to high school, I don't know. Did <laughs> you guys? You guys always had one person in your high school class that was like would inappropriately loudly yawn. The. Ooh. <laughs> No. Oh, really? Oh man, we was that you? No, no, it wasn't me. But I always, I would always hear like every year I had somebody in class that would just very loudly, audibly yawn in the middle of a lecture, and the teacher would be like, "Hey, sorry, am I boring you?" <laughs> and it's like, oh man, you can't, you can't do that. You just gotta, you gotta stifle it. You gotta vampire that shit. I'm gonna be honest. I, I don't think I've ever experienced that in high school. 
where somebody just won like like really loud yawn oh i don't know maybe maybe it was it maybe it was middle school and people learned by then but oh i don't know when i had the regular classes i think that was when it would start to happen <laughs> where the level where the level of give a crap just like precipitously fell <laughs> regular classes were wild man you never knew what you're gonna get in those things oh man well oh. a little bit more we're gonna we're gonna end it just in a, a little bit and we're gonna talk a, about taco bell but we're also gonna talk about qatar banning sex and drinking at the world cup and there is something that has showed me that inflation is real we're gonna talk about that too in just a sec on business on top the business on top podcast Back here on Business on Top, and the show has made an incredible discovery. No one here knows what a first base coach does. <laughs> no one has moment. any. No one has any idea in the major leagues. Yeah, I, I we we kind of talked about this off air, but I mean, for the most part, from when you're in little league to uh, even past high school, even college, a uh, first base coach basically only tells you to when to get back on, when on a pickoff, yeah. which I also thought was useless because. By the time they said it, it's already the, pin, <laughs> the ball's already out of the hand. So you're, it's really up to you. Um, other than that, they're basically taking your gear if you have any like elbow pads or, or uh, shin shin guards or whatever. It it's is. Sen- essentially, it's you're not bro- a ball boy; it's like an equipment man. Yeah, <laughs> it <laughs> <And> is. <sure. laughs> but uh, I don't know. My my other point was maybe they're they're actually analyzing the the fielders, um, their tendencies while like a, a base runner's on maybe i don't know I, I or if they see the pitcher do something like funky um maybe they could they could, they could communicate to the third base I mean, coach like, and then they can kind of communicate that but way but i mean telling it to the runner that's already at first is like there's no point at, at that stage no they're really not talking too much to the runner I, I i feel like it's it's useless at that point like i said you can yell back as a first base coach while a pitcher is picking you off but in my experience, it never helped because, you hear like I said, by the late. time it's too late. Light like, travels faster than sound because yeah. by the time that you see the pitcher moving, you're either getting back to first yeah. or you're done. Yeah. So I don't know if anybody else has another perspective, but that's what I thought. Yeah, I'm sure they do some sort of video work, you know, yeah. behind the scenes of scouting pitchers or <clears throat> hitters or defense. I'm sure they do something like that, but who knows what. The reason why the reason why I thought it was weird was because didn't the Marlins bring back Freddy Gonzalez like just kind of recently? He was like a third base coach or something like that. I'm he like, was how, a third base coach, but that's gonna just go or stay. Like it's so, how do you it's go so from a funny. head coach to like a third base coach? What do they do and how much can they possibly get paid? It's like, hey, we want to bring you. We're gonna pay you two hundred fifty thousand to sit at third base and relay a steal message, and that's. I mean, it might be what like Ben said. It, you could just be. Uh, watching videos you know off off the game like uh, you know just like analyzing different players different pitchers help the astros cheat <laughs> yeah <laughs> press the button to <laughs> the button. Yeah. pitch that's now that's an underpaid third base coach you got a whole world series out of that one <laughs> yeah, how much does angel hernandez pay? that's what i want to know too much God. <laughs> too much that boy is I don't know why he's still play, uh, umpiring. Well, but. speaking of which, here's another thing that like you send us kind of frequently, VJ. It's it's the accuracy in the ball and strike calls. Do you guys ever see that on Twitter, where it's mm-hmm. it's a robot that basically determines the the accuracy of 
an umpire calling balls and strikes. There have been some bad ones lately. Well, what I don't understand is you assume whatever association that the umpires are a part of, there's got to be a way where they analyze how accurate their calling is. So how is it that someone like Angel Hernandez is like considered like one of the go-tos they know. in the sport? Yeah, it's a strong. So here, here's the issue. It's not like a factual issue so much as it is a legal issue. MLB is such a strong umpires union that they would never be able to get him out if they tried because the, un- the union would back him up so much. It's it's very it's very strange the way that. Uh, the way that the umpires union works it, it definitely is not a meritocracy because if it was he would be gone yeah i think he's consensus like you know there are reasons that angel hernandez made memes i did see something funny the other day where it was like 37 years ago this, this phillies organ player got ejected by the first base umpire for playing three blind mice after the ref flew a call and someone's <laughs> comment was like the the ump was angel hernandez <laughs> Well, we can also agree that, like, umpires and referees are just, like, so power-hungry. Like, they, any little thing that, like, insults them, they just oh, yeah. throw you out of the game. It's like, Jesus, like, have a spine or something. Or have a sense of humor like Wes McCauley. jeez. Like, no more warnings are given out anymore. You know, it's just, like, it's straight, just like, like, like oh, you're, you're out. You're done for you're the out entire game. Not for this play, but, no, you're done for the entire game. If, yeah. if you don't know who Wes McCauley is, YouTube best of Wes McCauley, <laughs> you, would not, you would not be disappointed. Great, great fun NHL referee, I would say. I feel, I feel like the umpires are starting to realize, like, things are going to shift to AI and, like, robotics and... And the K zone and all like it's gonna be robotic at some point. Like you can't have the, the strike- accuracy at this like low point. I would say the strike zone at the very least. No, but it, I, I think the strike zone is probably going to be the the first thing that gets replaced, and then and maybe once we get better with technology, it'll be zone? fair foul. Yeah. What do you mean? Well, the strike zone they have like a little box, and when you see it on the broadcast, you can tell whether or not it's a strike. Yeah. 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 So I thought you said replace the strike zone. Well, no. Replace umpires and okay, calling yeah, yeah, balls yeah. and strikes. Yeah, that's, that's what I want, honestly. Wasn't this tested in the minors for a little bit? I think it's still being tested in the minors. Yeah. Well, I'm they, on it. They introduced yeah. the, that clock thing, the 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 timer, where you only had so much time before the next, next pitch, and it that, was like proven to reduce the time by like 30 minutes. Yes. Which I think they should introduce. My, it, Googling that's my, not happening right now, is it, in the majors? Not in the majors. They don't have it. I mean, that should have been instant, honestly. As a pitcher, you should only get it so much time before the next pitch. I mean, some pitchers do, like, actually pitch pretty fast. Apparently um, this is happening. throw off the hitter. Across minor league baseball. It, it still is, right? Robot umpires are all the way up in AAA. That shows how much we know about minor league baseball. So it could be coming We're soon, honestly. First time. It could be coming soon also, next season if, if they really like push for it. Also, just a random thought with the umpires. Why is it that for a job that requires really good eyesight, they always hire old people? Like, it's always old... No, it, it's it's not old umpires. Pe- it They go by experience, so like... It's like the amount of years you've been umpiring. It's tenure. Which is yeah. dumb, because it's like, all you have to do is know where a strike zone is. What does tenure have to do with that? Why are you turning this into a Jerry Seinfeld bit? <laughs> For a job that requires good eyesight, why are they putting a bunch of old people in it? Well, it's like when they hire cops to be, like, really fat old guys. Like, who are they going to chase down? That's, that's, a good, that's a good point. Fat, fat cops are, are absolutely uh, an anomaly, but... Uh, you know, sometimes it, you make it seem like 
The umpires are making such bad calls, you would think they'd be drinking on the job, but that is apparently not going to be something that you can do in Qatar. I just want to... want to bring this up just before we got off the air tonight, but Qatar World Cup has banned drinking and sex. You heard that right. So... But not drugs. This is an article. <laughs> this is an article was, from Deadspin. If you want to drink or get laid at the at the World Cup, this is not your year. Twenty twenty six is going to be a fun World Cup, but twenty twenty two won't be. Deadspin and the Onion. Yeah, oh. not quite the Onion, but uh, there's nothing wrong with a little bump and grind on the pitch. But if it happens consensually at the Marriott after the match, attendees could face a seven year jail sentence if they're not husband and wife. So should, is, should they get married before they engage? Yeah, I don't. I don't think there are like Vegas drive-through weddings Shotguns, that you can uh, do in, in Qatar. Well, just yeah. make sure you don't live stream it on your only. But it's like, you're good. but it's like, do you? I mean, do we think that that would even hurt attendance, or do people just care enough about soccer that they're going to go either way? Oh, they're going to go. You, you know, they're going to go. Matter. Yeah, it I don't won't care matter. If my players are banging. <laughs> I, oh, can you imagine, like, Cristiano Ronaldo does something and, like, he gets arrested the night before, like, the final match because they caught him, you know, no. doing something? The superstars are that always going to get away with it. Yeah, they're going to get away with it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a very interesting uh, rule because how are you going to, how are you going to see all, like, how are these security guards or whoever it is going to see all this happening? Like, sure. <laughs> Or whoever it is. Putting people in your bedroom. Yeah, yeah like I think they have like watching. Is it like, like the keeper of the cup? Like, yeah. are they gonna be like? How much? How much are they really watching? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the key question. Is it like some somebody comes in? And it's like, all right, guys, bed check. <laughs> we gotta make sure you're not hiding anyone in there. Black light. Oh God. <laughs> that that's another conversation that we can have about room raiders next week. <laughs> MTV Room Raiders comes to the 2022 World Cup. Well, that, well, that's about it. That's enough World Cup talk that we have for now. But uh, episode 69 will be here. The next episode. Closing it out strong on episode 68. This is Business on Top. Thank you very much. Good night. Stay tuned. And most importantly, stay safe. Yes. <laughs>